Ladies and gentlemen, this is Kentucky Thrones Radio, and it's a little weird. TJ Walker, I'm Nick Roush here, hanging out with my buddy, talking Game of Thrones, but we're not talking about a new episode. They're all done. We're here to talk about the series that was best TV show ever. Um, after the fact, it's all over. Can you believe it's over? I'm still in shock a little. I am 100% in shock. Like, this past Sunday, I guess we got something new from Game of Thrones. It was the two-hour walk. Like, this Sunday, I think I'm going to be very confused. Mm-hmm. And then I think, like, in four Sundays, I'm going to be like, no. Hey. I mean, something. Wake up. Come on. Come on, get up. Hey. Get back on. Get back Ge- on. Buddy, get on your horse. So, it hasn't really sank in all the way just yet, but I'm not. I'm not happy because I, I, I'm able to process it. I just think I haven't gotten to the point where it's really hit home yet. See, and I think it was important for us to have this discussion a week or two after the finale just so that we can, in fact, have time to process it all. Because initial reactions uh, were very mixed amongst fans. Some people hated the last season. Some people loved it. Um, you know, I can understand both sides, and I think I've come to the conclusion that I'm okay with it. Um, from a, the thing about Game of Thrones, and I think that's the reason why we loved it so much is there was so much misdirection and there was so many layers, there was so much depth to it that over the last, I don't know, two years while we were waiting for this final season to happen, I, uh, you know, we got, we got really deep. We got really into the weeds. We tried to figure out all these conspiracies of what could happen. And I think where, I went wrong. My great, where the misdirection got me most, TJ, is I thought this was going to be the Targaryen comeback story. It was, you know, the way that Destiny had it, it was all signs were pointing to that. Um, from the comet to the uh, dragons being born to Daenerys seemingly being immune to fire. Like, it, it had that Destiny feel that th- it was the Targaryen comeback story. When ultimately the showrunners decided this isn't the Targaryen comeback story. This is the Targaryen takedown story. And it's the Stark come-up story. Yes, even though for a long time, the show's main protagonists were looked pretty bleak for that family. Yeah, and I guess, you know, in a story that was so unpredictable and you didn't know what was going to happen each and every episode, it, it kind of turned out to be like the people who were the most downtrodden ended up winning because even Daenerys had victories that you just didn't see the Starks have. Like the Starks had nothing. Yeah. Like their biggest positive, what was, I mean, what was their like brand not dying? Yeah. Whispering Wood, getting Jamie Lannister only to set him free again. Yeah, um, but after the Red 180, it was kind of like just nothing good was going to go the Starks way. The best thing was like, Theon oh, great, San- Sansa like Sansa's getting somewhere else. Oh, no, now she's in another trap. Okay, she's getting somewhere else. Well, now she's going to get pushed out the moon door. Oh, well, she's getting somewhere else. Well, now she's getting oh. pounded by Ramsay. No, John's going to be a spy for the Wildlings. Oh, wait, now they all want to kill him. Everybody wants to kill him. He's a traitor. Oh, wait, yeah. they did kill him. Yeah, you're right. Nothing so, really good happened until the end for the Starks, and I'm sure that many people would say that nothing good happened uh, for Jon Snow. He finally finds him a woman to help him move on from his cave dweller, and then he's like, "Oh crap, she's my aunt." I don't. Probably not a good idea. Oh no, now she's crazy too. Like this is not not a good turn of events for me. Yeah, so it was kind of their. And if you look at it that way, it was a very typical like American story where like, oh no, these people, things are or things are going good for them. Oh, they're so fun, we like them. Oh no, things are going very very bad for them. Yeah. Oh, things, but things end on a high note. Yeah. For all of them, I mean, the the three out of the four Starks that were left end up ruling something to some degree. I guess that's maybe a little loose with John, but like he is seemingly going to just rule the north, yeah. the north north. Yeah. And then Arya's the captain. I'm the captain now. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't that like was, that. Yeah, I don't I didn't like that either. And just I, I just don't that that was something that like I that really kind of pissed me off with a lot of people was oh, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And I was like, well, maybe it's cuz I've read the books. I don't know, but like, yeah, I do believe it. Everything that has happened in the season, I could see happening. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not what I would have predicted would have happened or not what I wanted would have happened, right. but it made sense to me that it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Arya doing that is the only thing that was like, eh, no. No, I just don't see it. Yeah. Cuz on one sense, 
she did have the, ex, uh, like, you know, she was willing to go against the grain. She was willing to explore. She was willing to go to Bravos on a whim, essentially, when all of everything she knew was in Westeros. But I, I will give credit to Dante Stallworth, of all people. I follow him on Twitter. He's not a bad follow. Um, he actually, before the episode air, he found the clip where he's talking to the actress and she's like, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, uh, what's west of Westeros? And that, that was like, I didn't even remember that that seed was planted, but he remembered it enough to go back, find that clip, and post it before the finale. So at least somebody got it right out there. Um, but of all of the, I, I think the part that my initial reaction was the most disappointed in was that I really thought the Aegon Targaryen line was going to be more of something. Um, where, yes, very big deal. I would argue that the episode where we find out his parentage is the biggest deal. Um, like my favorite, arguably my favorite episode ever. And for that to not come of anything publicly was disappointing. You thought like, oh, hey, he's rightful heir. He's going to sit on that throne and hang out with Daenerys. But really, it it acted as more of a divisive force than a than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of tore him apart from Daenerys. It caused a schism. It first planted the seeds in Varys that well maybe she doesn't need to be the one ruling. It it did more harm than good, and that was upsetting. But I think ultimately, uh, like it or not, um, the way that. If you're Bran and you're the ultimate way that this is how things are going to go down, I'm going to put the wheels in motion to break the wheel and start anew. You needed a Targaryen to take down the other Targaryen because he's the only one that could really get to her, who is also selfless enough to do what was best for the realm. The the sword that protects the shield. What the hell is the phrase? The shield that guards the realms of men. Yes. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Well, was he was the man that he was the only man to do it, and. That's the part where, like, I guess he was the prince that was promised, but not in the heroic way that we thought. Yeah. just And that's the part that kind of stinks for me, that burns for me. And I wish John got to be the ultimate hero because he went through so much crap. But he was the hero just in a much more sacrificial sense. Yeah, he was. And it, and I guess you could make a case that he kind of got the – the ending that he wanted with the exception of probably having to murder Daenerys. But right. in terms of like his finality of heading north, uh, he didn't want to rule. Well, you're got not to, gonna rule. Got to pet ghost. Got to pet ghost. Got to hang out with Tormund, who seemed like his his boy. Uh, and he gets to kind of just do whatever he wants for the rest of his life. Although that sounds like miserable to me for the most part. Um like why not just be in the nicest castle in the north and stay at Winterfell? Or which like you can like beaches be yours. Of, beaches of Noth, you know? Yeah. Well Incredible. except for the butterflies that will land on you and poison you. Oh, they have poisonous butterflies? In the books, they do. People forget that. In the that. books, they have butterflies that if they land on you, and they do because they're everywhere, uh, then like three days later you die. So nobody's ever been able to have a settlement there except for the indigenous folk. Huh. Interesting. Because they're immune to it. It's a fun little factoid. It is. So like when Grey Worm says that, I guess in the show, the uh, the butterflies don't exist, uh, which is fine. Yeah, that's, that's, it's that's, okay. That's, there's uh, a lot of weird shit in, in Game of Thrones world. Yeah, um, uh, we can get back to some more thoughts, but it actually sparked a question that we got on our text line of our radio show, Kentucky Roll Call, um, that I think is a yeah, very... Yeah, listen to our radio show. Woohoo! Yeah. Hey, you can't get us on this podcast feed much longer. We will, I will say, whenever the, the new show comes out, we'll fire it up, because why not? It sounds interesting enough. Age oh, you, are you making an announcement that we're not done forever? Yeah, we'll do. Well, let's do the thing. Whenever they do the, there's a Twitter account now that I know is not officially HBO, but I still just will believe whatever it tells me. Have you Blood Moon or something? Yeah. Have you talked to my agent about this? Or you have an agent? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Johnny? Well, we don't need to talk about if it's my brother or not, <laughs> or if it's just me. The but Big Bag Dave is it, the one knows you in your contract. You know, listen, hey, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, I don't know if I've agreed to this. I'm just kidding. I'm in. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be fun because they'll have the Night King, the founding f- of him. It'll be, he'll be fighting Brandon the Builder and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It'll be good. It'll be fun to just kind of start fresh, you know, hit the reset button. Well, and people kind of like, well, we didn't get to know the Night King story. Maybe that was just the ultimate teaser they were saving for the prequel. That's a good point. Yeah. Although... I know what is going to happen. 
is like we're going to get so much background on the Night King and why he's doing this and like what those symbol means. And then people are going to be like, he just forgot about it 5,000 years later? <laughs> like you just didn't do it? He just really wanted the three-eyed raven. Have you gotten uh, – well, you were one of the people complaining. How, where do you stand on like still the, the complaints from from people that were disappointed with the season entirely and, and especially the last episode? Uh, I, I think most of it is just – I get it because it was truncated. Like uh, – a lot of the problems could have been solved if you just gave it more time for plots to develop. But, and I think, I think the other big catch that I, I completely understand too, is the kind of feminist angle where there was one episode, I think it would have been the, the fifth one where you just have all of the women crying. No, it was the fourth one. where just like all of the women are crying and they're, they, they, they have all these strong female characters and they kind of made them weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would have been I, – I think the easiest fix that everybody suggested is have Rhaegal go down during the bells and that tick off Daenerys, and then that's what sets her off. I think that just sensically, especially from all the holes we poked in the, the little scorpions that took them okay. out from a mile away, like well, that part was – some, you, do, do people not understand that like sometimes weapons work the way you want them to and other times they don't? Well, but the – I guess you could also say, like, oh, well, Rhaegal was weakened because he had been wounded already. But, like, they're pretty clear in the books that the only way to kill – like, it takes great measures to kill a dragon. And, like, hitting it in the but, eye would have been easy. But nobody gave a shit when the Night King threw a javelin. It, it's because nobody cared about that. You had a guy who was, like – and then the dragon, uh, Drogon, was right in front of him, and he didn't, like – he wasn't yeah. able to get another one in. We gave the assumption that at least it's, like, some magical icy spear. Yeah. I think though, but just from a from a narrative standpoint, like it, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it, it would have a, her other dragon die during the battle, and that's what kind of sets her off. Yeah, but I don't think they wanted to do that. I wanted it to be. I, I think they wanted it to be like, listen, she, she had every chance in the world to do this peacefully. She didn't need an emotional thing to happen right then and there. It was she was pissed. Nobody loved her. And she wanted to rule with fear, and she told John as much, and she had a chance to do it peacefully, and she decided not to do that. Yeah, and I, th- I think it just disappoints the people who, like, we've seen her do so much good over the years that it's almost unfair to her that as soon as she gets to Westeros, she's perceived as the bad guy. And is am I also like, well, that was her Darth Vader moment. Like, it kind of felt Darth Vader-y whenever she's making the speech to the crowd. And you just like for her to have her own separate Daenerys thing. Because Daenerys is a great enough character. That she's earned that right to not be, oh, well, that was a Vader moment kind of deal. You know? Um, so, yes, I would have wished for that. But I think that the way they went about it was great. Like, John taking out Danny, Like, that that had to be done. Even though for a moment I thought it was going to be Arya, it had to be Daenerys. Or it had to be John who took him out. Yeah, and it was such a good moment. Overall, listen, it's I'm not going to beat a, a dead white horse in the middle of King's Landing any any longer. I wish the season had more than six episodes. I wish they were doing a six-episode season and then another six-episode season. I think they should have split it in half and had half go with the, the, the long night war and then half be everything yeah. going on in King's Landing. Could have been so good that way. Um, yeah. And when I mean half, I mean like – of a 10 season or of, yeah, five two, episodes, of, of yeah. two separate seasons of yep. six episodes. They could have made that as long as they wanted. That's my biggest disappointment. It didn't happen, mm-hmm. but what we had was fitting. It, it tied up all of our loose ends for the most part. For the most part. And uh, it kind of allowed us to, to know what was going to happen next as the realm would be ruled. Uh, the people that are mad that like Bran is ruling, you know, I said it in the last podcast, but that makes the absolute most sense. He, you would want your world's greatest resource, with the exception of the dragon, which you can't get. It doesn't seem like you can get. You would want to have him with the most protection and the position to rule the most because he would literally see what was going on. And then also people that are getting mad about like, well, he couldn't see the dragon. That, that, that's, not, <laughs> that's not real, you know, in the final scene when he was asking where Drogon was. Right. He can only see kind of where Weirwoods and Ravens allow him to see. Yeah, and that was the one part that I don't want to say was – like, th- that That was the part that – Oh, no, you're one of these people. No, no, but, like, I, I like that there was ambiguity in his powers. Oh, like, in the book, it's very clear. Like, he can only see out of Weirwoods' eyes, 
Whereas in here, like he's kind of walking around at the Tower of Joy. Is there a weirwood there? I don't know. Like, I appreciated some of the ambiguity, but it would be nice to get some specifics because I think the biggest complaint that people have just in general is the lack of emphasis on the supernatural stuff down the, at the end of the show. Yeah. And I get, like, if you're going to have Bran be this person who kind of, you're right where I, you, you were supposed to be, like, you can't have him spill it all out before it happens. That takes away all the fun. Mm-hmm. But there's also a, like, we could have at least used a vision or two. Just throw us another bone every once in a while. I would have been all right with that. And I would have been okay with another Arya face killing if if possible. But also people that are like, that whole storyline didn't matter. Bran's whole storyline didn't matter. It's not true. I mean, it's just, it's not true. They abs- if, if you're paying attention, they all mattered. And they did, you know, last Arya's last little cool face moment was taking out an entire fr- the, the entire phrase who would have been a thorn in the Stark side. Like you had to, you had to tie up that loose end and they did it in a very, very quick, but cool way. And then I guess they figured that would be that you're right, Nick. I would have been all right with one more. And if it would have shut up some of these people that are just looking to complain about it, then definitely do one more. But like the people that are like, see another huge loophole. They don't even know where the dragon is. Brand knows where everything is at all times. No, that's not the case. Yeah, no, it's just not, it's not the case. Yeah. Uh, and the people are like, well, why would brand let everybody die? Well, we talked about it on the podcast last time. If that saves millions and millions and millions over the next few decades, mm-hmm. then it was probably worth it right. to, to do that. So um, I'm not really changing my stance on it. And uh, I do think people are, I, I do think a lot of it was just people who didn't fall along the entire way and they just were kind of yeah. looking to, to be upset. And I, I think that helped, like, that's part of the problem. When you invest the time in, you can have some time to, like, not earn it, but like it, we we had to wait years to like let things process yeah. for in between seasons. And when you just burn through it, then you're not consuming it in the same way. Um, but all in all, it was the story that I. It's 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 the greatest story ever told, and I just hope that our, our friend George R. Martin, who kind of threw a little bit of shade at the the final seasons. I think part of the reason why, too, I saw a cool little line graph, TJ, that showed the words per minute for each season. And in season eight, a lot of just brooding mm-hmm. and not a lot of words. He's a big word guy. Yeah. He's huge a word guy. Huge word guy. So that, I, I think that's why he didn't like it as much. And also, well, it's your own damn fault, you know? Like, that's on you, buddy. Because, so I, I went, the Ringer, they did a definitive ranking of every Game of Thrones episode. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this list yet? I've not yet. Okay, good. Because you are going to like some of it, and you are going to just get really pissed off at one. Oh, I'm right. really excited. One of them that made the, the, the top ten, you are not going to be happy with. Um, but the best episode, and I don't know if we can agree with this or not, I agree with them wholeheartedly, is The Winds of Winter. And that is the final episode of season six. Typically, when you would get your big episode in episode nine of Game of Thrones seasons. That's when all the action would happen. And then 10 would kind of be this resolution and build up towards what was going to happen next. Well, in The Winds of Winter, you start with The Light of the Seven and Cersei blowing up the Sept. That was awesome. And then it concludes with Daenerys getting her revenge on the slavers when she comes back from the, the Dosh Kaleen and... Just burning up all of those boats, then keeping some for her own. And then we found out John's mom and dad at the Tower of Joy. Just, it had every element that you could ever want in the show. I think that's the best episode ever. TJ, do you concur? Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if I'd say the best, but it was really good. I think your favorite, Blackwater, is that correct? Would you put that as your favorite? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 um, I don't know if that is my favorite. I just think that was like the first really, really good game. Like that was really a, an episode that you could have seen in season eight, but we saw it so early on in the Game of yeah. Thrones process. So I think that was kind of your first time to like, whoa, what this show can do in battle scenes is something truly, truly special. And we're, So I really, really liked the Blackwater. I don't know if it was my favorite, but it was like the first time that I was like, oh shit, this show can do some things from a, I guess, cinematic Yes. And Perspective that you're not going to get on any other cable or any other HBO or show or really even maybe movies. And it wasn't just the 
fighting part two, it was the like, oh, Cersei's gonna kill her kid. Like there was a lot of underlying drama as well. And just like the tension in the in the I guess not the crypts necessarily, but like where the Mager's women were yeah, yeah, with like Sansa and stuff like that. Yeah, good good call back there. Yeah. Uh so now you know what, the more I'm talking about it, it, it is definitely probably one of my top three favorite episodes. They ranked it fourth. Okay. Second, this is the one that I, I have issue with is Hard Home. Which I like Hard Home. It's a great episode. But Hard Home is second, and the Battle of the Bastards is like, where, where, hell, I'm oh, 17th. Battle of the Bastards is probably my second favorite. I love that one. Just from a, the scene of John and like the pile of bodies looking up is incredible. Then whenever the Knights of the Veil vale roll in and just steamroll, Rick on, not zigging and zagging. Just, I, I love the Battle of the Bastards so much from every different aspect. Um, they rank the the red the reigns of Casimir third, the one uh, Baylor where Ned gets beheaded is fifth, the door is sixth. I think we can all kind of agree on some of these. TJ, these are the best of the best, yeah, in in some order, but the one that I just know you're going to take issue with at number seven, a Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, your least favorite episode. Of season eight, they think is the best episode. Well, of season eight. I, again, it, I would have liked this episode more if I just didn't feel like the one before it was kind of the same thing, kind of the same thing, and it was just again I knew we only had six MF and episodes left in the season, and I felt like we just got two of the same episodes for a combined hour, and I was like, well, what are we doing here? Yeah, what I, in the hell? It are was we at doing? least the better version of the two. In high, like the first yeah, one's you a lot, know, you know, in, like, hi- in hindsight, probably so. Yeah. In hindsight, probably so. It was just I was mad that we got it back to back, so I took it out on that one. Mm-hmm. Where if that one would have been first, yeah. or at least like if you would have changed it around, then I would have been the second one that I would have hated, and I probably would have hated even more. So yeah, it's it's not even freaking close to being a top ten episode. I mean, give me a break. It wasn't the best episode of it of, of season eight. It wasn't the best episode of the last three seasons. You know, no, 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 no. See, no. the reason why I like it so much, though, is that all of the hype that we had for The Long Night, it was the perfect hype machine for it. And then ultimately, something about The Long Night, and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if you can or not, TJ, or if you even agree with the sentiment, but there's something about The Long Night that wasn't really fulfilling. Yes, was it an amazing it, piece it of sim- One episode. Yeah. And that was the thing. Is that it just kind of, I mean, it was a long episode, but it did kind of take a quick like, oh, now the Night King's dead, just like that. And I was like, all right, and we're moving on. And then when we were watching uh, The Watchers on the Wall, the uh, so what's pretty cool, if y'all haven't watched it yet, uh, one of the, I, I, A, I highly recommend it. B, uh, we're, I'm not going to try to spoil it all for you. But they follow around one guy who has been a Stark extra for a long time. And yeah, we need to talk about that a little bit. More. Yeah, well, well let's, let's get into it then. But they, they talk to this Stark guy who is a uh, – he's like – it's right before battle. And he's like, they don't tell us much, but they just told us that it's 120,000 to 18,000. 120,000 whites to 18,000 of us, which – did it seem that way? Again, like we need to be careful with that because that's what they told the extras to have in their minds. Yeah, is like this that, is that's the, just yeah. This it, is the stakes. I don't think it's like a literal um, no, no, a literal sort of maybe maybe in their mind that's what it was. But when they kind of finally put like CGI to paper or whatever you want to call it, yeah. it turned out to be different than that. No, and, and we didn't even really get to see the entire army of the dead in its entirety because it was too dark, which right. of course is kind of a convenient editing trick. And that was also like, so throughout the show, they, they go into the main characters in this documentary aren't the main characters in the show. Now, are they featured? Of course. Like you'll see the director talking to Arya and Sansa as they're overlooking the walls of Winterfell. Like, I want you to have this sick feeling in your stomach. Yeah. Like that's the, that's kind of what we're going for here. Not even like, oh my gosh, look at all these people. You can't, you don't even know how many people there are. That kind of, and, and it was cool seeing how their thought process behind it. Um, the show opens where she's like, well, how fast does a dire wolf go? Because they're trying to figure out. She she equated it to an algebra problem where here's x. We got to figure out how to make the equation equal out right, mm-hmm. and that's. Making sure how is how much faster is the wolf moving than the horses, or is it slower than the horses? 
that kind of stuff like that where even though that a coffee cup got lost in it, their attention to detail and most of it was pretty incredible, I thought. Yeah. I was at least impressed by it. I liked the uh, the the long night war scene. It's just it kind of felt like it was maybe anticlimactic, too quick. No, I, I, the drama of it was awesome. Ari, I, like I didn't see Arya doing it. I did, like the music was unbelievable. Uh, that song's called "The Night King," by the way. Your Alexa and some other songs will oh nice will play it, and it's really really good. And it's long. It's like eight minutes long. Uh, but That's how the night of the seven. Is there's too. some drama with it. Up. It's kind of yeah. like an unsettling song, as a matter of fact. But that uh, I, I liked the episode. I guess my issue was it was just kind of it was just over. It was over when it was over. Yeah. And, and just because of the like the stakes that were built up, you just assumed that they weren't. I, but there's on one hand where you would think that there would be some sort of like like a loss, and you would have to fall back and fight him again. But on the other hand, like they'd probably just wipe everybody out. Like falling back wouldn't be an option. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can just do the Night King, like let's raise yeah. everybody up, kind of deal. Um, the Night King, the guy who plays the Night King, though, pretty funny dude in that documentary. It, it, it kind of makes you look at the Night King differently. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. I, I couldn't help it. I'm like, I'm glad they waited till that was over to to do that because it was funny. Like when all the fans were going crazy. I guess were they in Portugal then or Spain or where? Uh, Spain, I believe. And, he, and all the fans were there, and, like, he just doesn't get recognized all that well, at least, like, from afar, because he's why would you? makeup, yeah, yeah. typically, yeah. Uh, but he goes over there, and he he obviously is kind of, like, fishing for attention, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Which yeah. is fine, I guess. Why not? If you're in Game of Thrones, I'd probably do the same thing. He asks if anybody knows who he is, and somebody's like, yeah, you're the Night King. I know who you are. <laughs> and, uh, and then he just has a blast with everybody. And then, like, the whole crowd gets up. And I thought what was cool about the documentary is you could tell that he was kind of like, well, this is my last rodeo. I might as well soak this all up while I can. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. Uh, that was fun. That documentary was good. The the craziest – what was the most enlightening part of the documentary for you, TJ? Because I have one that I just want to like – Not to like try to get too deep, but like – and we we need to talk a little Kit Harrington too, by the way. Yeah, we do. Um, but just like how with him and Amelia Clark and even – with uh, Peter Dinklage and Sophie Turner and, and Macy Williams, people like started actually kind of like on people that were working with them mm-hmm. started to kind of follow them as their characters, as their cha- like yeah. as their characters in real life, mm-hmm. like the stuff with with Kit Harrington and the jacket and stuff like that, and just walking by people that he is shot with. They like literally took it upon themselves to get so deep in character that like they were thinking to themselves, we need to protect Kit. Like you know, that's what we're doing in these scenes is we're like trying to not even like Jon Snow. We're trying to protect Kit, make sure nobody gets to him, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It was. It kind of just goes to show one how much time went into the show. So much time, and so much time of these people being around one another uh, or shooting with one another. And you know, we knew about like the negative 14 degree conditions for the long night and right. Daenerys and Jorah's final scene, how cold it was for that and everything. But they kind of turned into actual leaders because of their character. Like some of this, Nick, watching that documentary, it didn't feel fake. Some of the parts of it, yeah. like to these people, I think a lot of it was kind of real. And it was, they knew in these moments that like they're playing soldier, but I think they like took it so far that it shows in the quality of the show. I don't yeah. think you have as good as a show if those people didn't actually believe what they were doing was somewhat real to them, which sounds really nerdy and geeky, but dude, it made for an unbelievable show. And it also kind of speaks volumes to the writing to get people to actually feel that way yeah. about actors and actresses. It was pretty wild. Well, and, the, it, and I think part of that is you can't blame them either because they're so ingratiated with like, we're getting makeup and we're sitting around for hours and then we're filming. Like you're in another world. They have the security guard who's watching for drones, who's making sure nobody gets on the site. Like, yeah. So I I can I can completely understand the point, and I also like the character saying goodbye to their characters. Mm-hmm. Be, I mean, you you do something for a decade, you do anything for a decade, it's hard to leave, and to see them kind of on their last days, just how emotional they were. Um, it was. It, it also was kind of rewarding too, because I. I wanted to – it was affirming to know that they love these characters as much as we did. Yeah. Yeah, it made it kind of feel like 
in a weird way, more of a nerd, but not as big as a nerd. Cause exactly. you're not alone. You know, no, the coolest thing though, the, the part that I was just like, you, you smart sons of bitches, you guys know what the hell you're doing is. So when they were in Spain, they went to the, it was, that was where they shot the council. Mm-hmm. So what yeah, they, I like this, they invited a bunch of actors who weren't in it at all just to throw people off around town who would be speculating as to who's dead or alive. So they invited Jack and Agar's character. They invited the Waif. They brought the Night King down. They're like, I don't know. They dressed him up. They're like, I don't know what the Night King could be doing, but hell, let's bring him down. And I I thought that was really cool to provide some sort of misdirection because there had been leaks in previous seasons, but Mm -hmm. to keep it like this whole thing locked up the entire time is really impressive. Yeah, I guess the only thing that like – discredits that ever so slightly is that like Bran was the Vegas favorites from pretty much the start to the finish of like when the season kind of started. Yeah, that's true. So like somebody knew some stuff and maybe made a big bet and that kind of set the odds to begin with. But you know, we didn't in in real time, we didn't know that Vegas knew. No, not generally Vegas does know, but we didn't know in real time that Vegas knew. And yeah, you're right. Like part of the reason why spoilers didn't, didn't come out was because they brought everybody back and it seemed like Nick, they did that as much for their own staff as they did fans and drones and people from afar. Like, they're hair and makeup artists who don't know the scripts. Mm-hmm. They might have saw the waif there and been like, you know, went home and told their boyfriend, hey, the waif was in our shoot, you know? Yeah. Like, that was crazy. I'm not supposed to say anything about that, so don't tell anybody. Of course, the boyfriend in his fantasy football league tells everybody. Right, right. Waif's coming well, back. Well, but – Hell, when they did their table reads, as soon as they were done with the scripts, they put them in a shredder. Yep. And the shredder, all, I'm, I'm assuming that went to the snow because that's what they made with snow was, you know, the wet old paper scripts. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what do you think about the, the table reading? I guess the two biggest things was Varys. Mm-hmm. Getting pissed off getting, that he was died. Yeah, yeah, like visibly upset during the table reading. And then Jon Snow. That one was, like, you, you I, I, I felt for him then. Because you Did know, it they, almost make it like more unbelievable to you that like this actor obviously loved his relationship with another actress in terms of their characters. That like it would make make you believe like, oh, Jon Snow wouldn't do it. Kind of. Well, it see, and that, that's what's that's like a, the weird inception part of it is because both him and Amelia Clark, like you could tell that they they wanted their to, they they wanted their characters to be the ultimate heroes and to inevitably win. But to see both of their reactions, it just like you could tell it pained them that that was where they had to go. They were yeah. willing to do it, but like, yeah, I'm sure he was having much more fun just making out with Amelia Clark, like, you know, while they were having pretend dragon growls, than having to stab her. And you could see that pain in his face. And TJ, last night you tweeted out that. Uh, Kit Harrington has checked himself into like a, a rehab or a wellness center or one of those kind of facilities. And I, it, that came out like right after watching his, this documentary. And I bet part of whatever his problem is, is the mental anguish from this show coming to an end. You think so? I think that's part of it because of. I think it ha- I would, it would almost have to be a little bit. Cause I mean, imagine the way that we feel and we just watched it from afar. Not that I'm like developing a drinking problem, but right. But like if you've, you've invested so much into your character and then you think that he's going to be the conquering hero and then you have to be the bad guy that kills, you know, like in yeah, not I don't only that, know if it has to do so much with that, but I think it may just be more of like this chapter of my life is over. Like, and that's probably more of it. Yeah. I would like to put my feelings of, I didn't want a, I wanted him to be Aegon Targaryen, King of the first men and the Andals and the Roy and R and all the first, all that kind of thing. But that that has to suck, and you know you feel for any guy who has to go through stuff like that, and uh, hopefully he has a support system around. Him. He, even though I don't know Kid Harrington at all, he's always struck me as a guy who's had a good head on his shoulders, and hopefully taking this kind of step now versus letting it get out of hand nips the problem in the bud. Yeah, I, we wish him the best, obviously, and right. I do wonder with like some of this, how much is like being a celebrity kind of forcing his hand here a little bit, where like. And, uh, and I'm trying to be sensitive to this, but, like, Nick, y- you and I can have a bad weekend drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, we can do something stupid. And 
we can just tell ourselves like, all right, be better next time. Oh, like uh, we're like if Kit Harrington had a weekend where he like broke a table or did something stupid out in public, which happens sometimes when people drink, shouldn't happen the majority of the time. Shouldn't even happen, but like maybe one percent or two percent of the time. But if he had one bad weekend, the press that would come with it, you kind of get ahead of that when you're like, hey, you know what? I'm actually getting help for myself. We're gonna figure this out. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like, at least I, maybe that's what I mean. I'm hell, I, for I went through. Like a, I went through a phase of college where I was just drinking away my sorrows every night of the week but like i'm a college kid so i was just like oh it's just college it's 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 not anything wrong um but if and you, then you're 27 and then you realize well you know i'm catholic i'm catholic <laughs> <laughs> but you, you you make a good point there uh, i do want to get kind of the wheels back on where we're kind of talking about the show and some of it's just because we got some really good questions from Wish our you the best, kit. get better yeah get better kit um Hey, and just go back and take Egret to a cave. Mammoth Cave. It's a big one in Kentucky. You can come visit there. Oh, yeah. He could have tons of cave sex in Mammoth Cave. All the cave sex. Oh, yeah. Um, Slagmites and slagtypes. I also wanted to mention, too, before we move on from the lawn, I love the special effects stuff. Have you ever been to Universal Studios, TJ? I have. It's been over 10, maybe 15 years So now. you probably wouldn't remember if you went to the Hollywood Horror Show or not. No, I did not. Go it's to that. it's like a little special effects show. It's like my favorite. Wait, thing they is do. it the one that you like ride around in the cart? No, you like sit in a little. Like, I did theater. the ghost. I did the ghost thing. That's a haunted mansion. I, I did haunted mansion. Yeah, this one's different. This one you like sit in a theater and they like explain special effects while being goofy and like messing with people. Oh no, I didn't do They'll that. They'll get somebody from the crowd and they will act like you're cutting his arm off. Like it's it's funny stuff. I love all that special effects stuff and just knowing the snow guy. Like that was pretty cool. Um, and being this fight coordinator would be so awesome. How do you? How does one get that job where you're developing fights for like? I don't know. Like that is a hell of a, a hell of a job. Um, okay. Back to questions. Questions. Okay, this one was the one we got on the text line. That what's one thing in the books that you wish they would have shown, or one thing the show like. One thing in the show that you wish were left the, out. Yeah. What was something in the books that you wish they would have done in the show? And what was something in the show you wish they would have left out to make more time for maybe something else in the books that they didn't go to? Yes. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? The pro- so the Dornish storyline is really cool in the books. And I just don't know if you have time to do it in the show. I mm-hmm. think it would have been cool. Um, especially because young Griff is... The other Aegon Targaryen, Aegon the Fifth, or I think John's Aegon the Sixth. Yeah. So, yes, it would have been cool, but I th- and like the Sand State is super hot too, but I think, I I think they just didn't have enough time, and I would have loved for it to have been in the show, but it was probably best served just keeping it completely out, just keeping Dorne out of the equation after the Viper part. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Dorne would have been a good thing just to to get rid of altogether. You could have even still had Oberyn. You yeah, know? you have Oberyn, but you don't have the revenge story. They just would have been, oh, what's well, Dorne? They're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, you could have easily pawned that off. Yeah, um, that that you could have you could have done that, or you could have left Oberyn out, and you would have you would have uh, people liked Oberyn, so you would have needed something to make up for it. But yeah, the Dorne would have been good. I think I could have done without like one more Daenerys conquest of like a city. In Essos, mm-hmm. like uh, how many was it? Like three or four? Yeah, maybe make it two or three. Like I just felt like one extra one was a little too long. Like why don't we get her on some ships and and get her moving on over here? Because that felt like that took forever. I didn't love that. Um, I didn't love the Arya storyline. Again, I understood it. I know why we needed it. I think that could have been a little shorter well, too. And here's here's part of it, TJ. Is I think the balance. I believe that was the same season that they just completely omitted Bran. Yeah, pace, just pace them out where. You know, one episode you get Arya, other episode you get Bran. I thought they did a really good job. So that's the thing that I don't think most people understand is that for like three or four seasons, they're blending a ton of books into the same storyline to make it more chronological. Like I think A Feast for Crows is the one that's all in the Riverlands. The book sucks. It's just entirely in the Riverlands. You miss out on all your fun storylines, and it's mostly just Jamie and Brienne running around. Mm-hmm. They did a good job, I think, of integrating most of them, with the exception of Arya and Bravos and Bran north of the Wall, where like Bran is this super important character, and we just don't even have him for a season. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, what I would do differently, and there's a few things that I think would come to mind, um, is I would. If you were going to do Euron a little bit, do him right. 
Man. Right? Yeah. Make him a make him a character from at least season two, but you could even work him in. You could have killed Balon so much quicker than what they did. That wasn't until like season six, right? No, uh, no, nah, it was a little before. Yeah, maybe five. But still, though, like, just kill off Balon earlier and make Euron a thing because Euron was, Euron's creepy. He's got the eye patch thing. Like, why couldn't they just give him an eye patch too? Yeah, you know, like. But you could have you could have really done him right um, and had him in season one or season two, like you know, off rating, kind of doing that stuff. And you could have turned him into a villain that you had from season. He could have been the longest withstanding villain besides yeah, the Night King, he and he could have been the human version of that. Because Cersei had some character arcs where you were like, "Yeah, I hate her, hate her, hate her." Okay, I see what she's doing. She's oh, also she lost kind of a, a badass. She lost a kid. That sucks. Okay, she's she willing to walk naked through the streets for a yeah. kid. You know, so she's like not you that started bad. to respect her a little bit, and maybe you could have gotten to the point where you respected Euron. I'm not saying make him. Well, in the books, he is just kind of a complete he monster. Really, yeah, he's like a mischievous, devious, just animal. Yeah, but you, I guess you could have maybe gotten to a point where you respect him for his, uh, for just how kind of good he was at commanding the Navy and the victories that he had. But I, I had a, this idea in my head where you, you start the Euron storyline and you have him just kind of raiding everywhere where he's not a main character, but every freaking army is dealing with him at some point. They like just even, keep running into and, him, and yeah. yeah. and you, like, you, you mention him, and, like, Daenerys has to do it. He even goes north, like, you know, he could have been maybe at Hardhome where he, their people have to fight against the night. Yeah. Like, how cool would that have been? And then finally, like, when all these pieces are moving and everybody's kind of converging in on Westeros, the Night King, Daenerys, you know, obviously Cersei and the Starks are building up their armies and all that stuff. That's when he's like, "All right, I'm going to settle in too, and I'm going to pick. I'm going to my yeah. side's going to be Cersei, and you'd have Daenerys kind of like on her way over. They kind of have a few little quick uh, dog fights, if you will, but not really. I guess little battleships and uh, maybe a yeah, dragon we, sinks some of their boats. So, so then you feel a little bit more when Gre- when Euron takes down one of the dragons in season eight. Yeah, like I, that would have been something if you were going to do Euron, do him right because they didn't do him right. No. he's nothing like they did it in the books. And they cast they, uh, they cast him well too, where he has the loose cannon kind of feel about him. Other than he's just like he was more of a plot device than an actual character. And I, I think that was the kind of most disappointing part of his his whole ordeal. Um, well, I think I, I I think you covered it pretty well for me right there. So I'm not even going to try to get into my spiel because it won't be as good. The one that. Here, here's a question from Cody that I, I think really I, I just alluded to it, but it w- was brand used properly throughout the show, and I just think it's an overwhelming no. Now, part of it is we didn't get that much of him in the uh, you know you don't get a ton of him from the books either. I actually, you know, I'll admit I haven't finished the fifth one yet, so I don't know where they kind of leave him in that one. But for somebody that made season six so great. And, like, th- those are my favorite scenes in that season. To just kind of falling off the face of the earth and being more of a meme than anything. That was, I think that was most disappointing is he just went from such an important piece to a meme. Like, like what scenes did you like specifically? W- well, uh, when he's going back in the yard and he's seeing young Ned go around, when he's at the Tower of Joy, even when he's just warging into different things, like in the earlier seasons when he's the wolf and they're doing the first-person version of the wolf, like, that's cool. And I, I just think that uh, D&D just they, – they got to the point where they were like, eh, the supernatural stuff, we don't want to be that. Yeah. And I, I think that's just unfortunate. I, I hear you. Um, I – what do you think about Lady Stoneheart? Should she have been in the show? I don't think she really would have served much of a purpose, if we're going to be completely honest. <laughs> the, I just don't know how you would have done that. And I don't even know how they'll do it in the books. Lady Stoneheart, if you're unfamiliar, mm-hmm. um, is Catelyn Stark, yes. basically brought back to life by Beric, right? Which, or uh, what's his name? Yeah, Beric, yeah. Which, or Thoros, but Beric uses his life. So, like, Beric would have been dead long ago to have yes. Lady Stoneheart. And, like, and, and she comes back, and she's just super vengeful and mean and nasty and kind of like to her own kids, too. She can't talk either. Yeah, like she's just her throat is so cut. Right, they, like, bruised her trachea, essentially. Yeah. Um, but she like is basically running the brotherhood without banners, right? Yeah, she like takes over for Barrick, which my thing is is like wouldn't Barrick be more like he didn't do a whole lot, but I think he would be more purposeful than having her around. Cuz right, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine her giving that much um to it. Is there I'm, I'm I to- wish uh they would have had um 
Strong Bell Bellwas. Oh yeah, Strong Bellwas. Yeah. yeah, he yeah, you, very good point. Strong Bellwas was. We talked about him on this podcast before in like some summer preview se- series and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But he was kind of the uh, Dario. Well, like he was one of Daenerys's best. Soldiers. Yes, and he was this big, just, just fat, ugly-looking, kind of ogre-looking thing. Basically, like the mountain, except like fat and kind of and an human, oaf. and just funny. Yeah, and like that scene where they like do single combat, and then I think Dario starts pissing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, it's Bellwas. It's Bellwas, it. and he poops. Oh yeah, that's great. He, yeah, he poops in front <laughs> of him. So uh, pretty funny, and um, he claims he's never lost a fight. That he allows his opponents to cut him once before they die. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So Strong Bellwas. He will uh he's a big character in the books, I think. I don't think he's dead yet. I don't believe. Yeah. Um the books are so detailed. Yeah, and uh like I said earlier, I just hope he gets to them all because they can be incredibly fulfilling where the story lacks in lacked in the last two seasons. Because mm-hmm. I thought they season six was after like they, they had taken the wheel from George R. R. Martin and they did great with that part. It was once you know, Daenerys got to Westeros. That things got a little, little bit shaky. Yeah, and uh, he would have been like, he would have been an easier care, an easy character to have. It just would have been some comic relief, yeah. and then you could have killed him off in the nights or in the long night, and it would have been like kind of powerful. Yeah, and it'd be fun just watching him just take on some some whites. Maybe he was just hard, too hard to cast. <laughs> could be, yeah. yeah. Um, who, I mean, we could be kind of mean on who we would cast for him. Uh, that's fair. Yeah, we should probably avoid that. Oh, the funny thing I forgot to mention, too. You know what? They Danny were, DeVito. They were rated as the worst episode of Game of Thrones. What's that? It's, it's, it would have been an easy guess. Uh, the Sansa rape one, which people are very sensitive about that one. Do they say it's like the worst because of that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yes, rape, bad, but TV show. You know, and yeah, but you know what? Like, what was uh, I know episodes? Uh, I've got the list pulled up now. I know episode seventy-two was the last of the Starks, but which uh, yeah, a lot of people did not like it. All right, one of the worst ones they have rated was Sons of the Harpy. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that episode off the top of your head? I wouldn't have um, until I they mentioned that it is the one that Barrison Selmy does. Okay, just like pretty. But we all remember the one with Sansa. Like it, that one stands out from an emotional human reaction standpoint. Oh yeah. Doesn't mean it's a great episode. It wasn't a fantastic one, all no, things considered. But, like, but it was not the worst one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just do that because that's the like that's how you get people on your side. Yeah, what was it? Season five? Just have all season five as the worst. Yeah, ones. season five, not very good. Yeah. yeah not very good at all. Except for when Braun is getting poisoned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Good part. Still not hundred percent sure that's season five, but let's roll with it. Yeah. Um Okay. Would the series have been better if more main characters died? Like, if John went down in a pile of flames of Drogon. Or if... Like, it, did we need more deaths? Because I was doing the... Um, I calculated our results for the Game of Thrones death pool. And... Yeah, I didn't even get a pick for who I got was going to rule. Well, you probably would have gotten it wrong. Anyway. I would have picked. I would have picked Bran. Oh, sure you would. <laughs> Drew was the only one who picked it, but most people, we pick more to die, and we pick more people to come back to life than what did. And the, the people who all came back to life were minor characters, like Dolor said, um, uh, the little girl, the Anna Mormont, who I didn't include in there. So, like, should more people have died? Um, no, it didn't bother me. I don't care. What uh would you rather have little Leanna Mormont or Strong Bellwas? Strong Bellwas. Whoa. Yeah, Strong Bellwas would have been hilarious. Leanna Mormont was great, but God, if you get a scene with those two like interacting with one another, he's so funny. Gold. Yeah. Gold. Yeah. I and especially because her like Ricaro and her other blood riders, that they're non-existent mm-hmm. characters after like season two or three. They just give all the speaking parts to Jorah and. Yep. Sell me. So, yep. yeah, you know, they, there's some parts where they kind of neglect, but there's also a time constraint. Um, but more, I'm, I'm more on the- death wouldn't have changed things for me. Like, I, you know, just do whatever you do, make it believable. And the only thing that kind of bothered me in the last season was like Euron's death. Just kill him in the in the boats with the fires. Don't let him come back and have this little one on one combat with Jamie. That was kind of stupid. Everything else, like if they were in a position to die, and a lot of them were. Some of them survived. Some of them didn't survive. The thing I didn't like in, in the in the Winterfell battle 
in the long night was like how often we just saw shots of like Brienne and Jamie and Grey Worm pinned up against and Samuel like pinned up against walls. It's like they couldn't be pinned up against walls for <laughs> yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Like they would get stabbed and then they'd fall and then they'd get stabbed again and then they'd be done. Right. Um, that kind of bothered, like that bothered me a little bit. I get it. They I, just wanted the drama of it, but I didn't need more people to die for it to be good. But if more people would have died, I would have judged it accordingly. So I'm right. kind of skirting around the answer. A little yeah. Bit. I, like I would have appreciated if Jamie just would have died in the battle of Winterfell. I feel like that would have been a very satisfying into his story instead of, Completely breaking Brienne's heart and then running back to Cersei. Yeah. I love the scene with Tyrion and him in the tent, but like you could have killed him off then and I would have been completely satisfied. So there were some moments like that, but I, I, I think the part that was more surprising was that like I like Davos, but like how, how did he survive all of those battles? He survived every freaking major battle in this show, except for Hardhome. I think he survived every single one. He survived Blackwater. He survived Battle of the Bastards. He survived the Long Night. He survived freaking King's Landing. He survived them all. So, like, it's like, dude, you don't even have your lucky finger nubs anymore. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Yeah, but I like Davos. I know. I mean, he's the last little piece it, of stand. And it's like, like him and Tormund, they both are in that same, where, like, you didn't need to keep him around, but, like, I don't, I'm not mad that you did. Also, another thing I would have changed, maybe, obviously I'm biased, but wouldn't it have been fun to, like, see Stannis on his knees at Winterfell with Daenerys and Jon and Sansa and Arya and Jaime and Brienne. He could have been Brienne's prisoner. Like, wouldn't that have been cool to see how he would react? I think it would have been cooler to see him dead, like, crawling towards it. Oh, yeah, well, that, sure. Uh, that, that, that could have been neat, too. I think they, supposedly they did, like, they were going to do Hordor as a, as a white. They, they had that would have been really cool. They, they had a few people in mind to make whites, and I think they ultimately just said F it. That's what I read, at least. So take yeah. that for what it's worth. But I think it would have been cool from, like, a, hey, here's a character who's been so, so stubborn in his claim, and now he's with, like, you know, four other people that have better claims to rule, or at least more powerful claims to rule right now, including Daenerys, who her brother killed her brother. You know, his brother killed her brother. Mm-hmm. Like, that could have been cool. And maybe they would have, maybe we would have gotten a glimpse of Daenerys being crazy because she just would have killed him instantly and been yeah. like, you're a traitor. I don't care if you're fighting yeah. against the dead. Or maybe they would have allowed him, like, a chance to fight and command, like, some troops. And then, you know, you could have killed him off that way. And it could have been like, a, oh, all right. Like, everybody's got to put their best sword forward for this big fight, and Stannis just happened to die in his. I, I, that, yeah, but I'm biased. I like Stannis. Yeah, you, so. you're biased because you like Stannis, but Brienne killing him there, was appropriate. There could, well, I don't know. Yeah. I get it. It's after he burnt up Shireen. The, the, well, she didn't know that. Um, yeah, well, she killed him because of Renly, and who she, cares? Renly sucked. She also, Out no. of all the rulers possible, Renly could have easily been one of the worst. Renly had the most potential early on. No bullshit. He had so much potential. Marjorie was so hot. Of course, he had tons of potential. He had no. He had no good claim to begin with. See, that was and the problem. He had no good claim. He had a great army though, because he had army. High Garden. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good army. That was the thing that you you always thought he had a chance because he had such a great army. But he should have just. God damn, Renly, you dumb idiot! If you want to, <laughs> just say that Stannis is going to be king. And then kill him once you get the throne. Ooh, okay. That's a, that's a big issue in Game of Thrones is people people killing people too early when you could use them to help you and then kill them later. Exactly. So, let's play a fun game. I just thought of this off the top of my head. Biggest what-ifs in this show. We're gonna, I, w- I want to figure out what could have altered the course of the show more than any other. Another season. Okay, smartass. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Renly Baratheons, when he went and gave Ned Stark that advice to get him out the hell out of town, let's go. What was it Renly tells Ned where he's like, we can do this now. And Ned is trying to go the peaceful way because he thinks like people actually pay attention to rules and don't just murder you. He's trying to go by the books. He's trying to go by the books. If Ned doesn't go by the books, we have a boring ass story. But you know what? He his he's keeping his head. I don't think it would be all that boring. You think like Tywin is just gonna be cool with that? That's true. And Tywin wasn't in King's Landing at the time, was he? No. No. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Um, Where was Tywin? Just chilling at Casterly Rock. Because he was at Casterly Rock at the time. Yeah. I think the biggest what Liv- if living his life. What's a normal life for Tywin? What's a normal life for a bunch of bunch of these characters? Just like ruling. 
That was like the only time he wasn't really being hand to the king, too. The only person we saw for a uh, normal life was kind of Robert for a little bit. Yeah. Just, just hunting. Meat, 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 meat sticks, big old turkey legs. I, here's my big what if, TJ. What if Rob Stark doesn't behead Car Stark? Yeah. Keep your army. That war goes on. You don't go to the Red Wedding. Liza's hanging around. I think Talisa's the better question longer. would be like, what if he didn't marry Talisa? Just stuck with the phrase. Then he's got his whole army, and he's not losing. He he could have even like the phrase were still around even after Talisa, though, right? Well, they were around. Yeah, but obviously they they killed. They did the Red Wedding. They started talking with the Lannisters because... They were pissed. They were pissed. Yeah. And they started talking with some other houses that also had a... a you know, it only took maybe one to reach out to another to make two, yeah. and then two to make three, and then we got this ball rolling. I think rolling. the Glovers were one of them, too, but... Uh, I, I, the the car, killing, beheading uh, Car Stark, though, was the first big misstep. Sure. I, I think the, the, the Talisa stuff was bigger. But she's hot, though. Well, and also like in 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 a, a family that takes honor so seriously, like they're they're so by the book by what Ned did and taught them, and Ned was taught by his dad, and you know there's a whole line of that. Like Rob really is going to break his probably second biggest army alliance for a girl. Yeah, yeah. Come on. That like in this world too, you can easily just kind of hit it and quit it. As she they was say. also like a, a peasant girl too. Like at least in the books, Jane Weathington's like a she's at West, least Westerling. Westerling, yeah. She's at least in like a crappy house, but she's at least noble. Yeah. Like this is a you're you're getting the nurse from the field. So that would have changed everything. Also, I remember though watching that, and I loved that storyline. Like I loved the the North versus the Lannisters, the Lannisters, yeah. and I I never wanted that to end. I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but I never wanted it to end. And but I remember thinking like, all right, even if they kind of win these field like these battles in the field that are supposedly such huge upsets, they still are going to have to sack a city like that. I I remember yeah. in real time being like, and even when Ned was a prisoner in season one, thinking like. You're not getting Ned back alive. Like you're just not. And then when they opened up the idea of him going to the wall, I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe this will be. See, and that would, from a, it made sense to the viewers' mind beforehand because you're like, oh, him and John back together again. Benjamin's gone, but at least he'll have Ned. Like that, that, that made sense. Yeah. But eh, it wasn't meant to be. Do you have any what ifs that come to mind? Like what if Daenerys went to Westeros sooner or something? Yeah. Um, well, let me just throw this at you. Okay. What happens if at first, when as soon as she comes to Westeros, she just sacks King's Landing and it doesn't do it as like violently as she did it in the Bells episode, but like does it to the point where they have to surrender. Right. And, uh, and then they do surrender. And let's say that like, just for shits and giggles, Cersei dies in battle. So you don't have to worry about her, but like Daenerys has King's Landing. So Daenerys has King's Landing at the start of season seven. And, and the, you know, the wall, well, I guess... John's king of the north. Well, the the, the question is, yeah. So, so tell me what happens. I'm, I'm done. I, so I'll let you do it. John's I, I'm king of the north. I'm in a pretzel here. And he doesn't go south, but she comes to him. And that's the part where you, you would have... Because I enjoyed those episodes in season seven where, like, he's trying to convince her to come north and all that kind of stuff. Um, so... I think there would have been less of a bargaining chip because she, she would have rolled in on her dragons and being like, I'm I'm your queen. I'm sitting on the Iron Throne. She would have had more on her plate. But I think ultimately what would happen is he would end up being the knee. Sansa would be pissed, but they would fall in love and then take out the army of the dead. And that would be like a Daenerys redemption story. Happy ending. Man. Yeah, that 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 could have been even, interesting. We even talked about it just this season. If they would have gone to King's Landing first before and done the Long Night to end it, that could have been her redemption story. Mm-hmm. You know, like where yes, she is bad because she murdered hundreds of thousands, but she's also willing to fight for the living. Damn, you know, that's interesting, Nick. She like, I, you know, I said like she doesn't go crazy in King's Landing, but let's say that she does go crazy in King's Landing. And then you're right. What if what if they end it with like her helping defeat the dead army and her realizing like our battles aren't worth it. This is stupid. Exactly. I I'm can't here believe for the I did that. 
And then she sends herself north, and it's her and Tormund riding out together at the end. <laughs> but you that get, is interesting. That's a good one. You, that's you, a really good you, one. And you give, Tweet us your answers. And you give her the chance for redemption. Because I think that's what people were most disappointed about, is that she was pretty hysterical in that lead-up conversation to John. Like, she felt no wrong in what she had done. And yeah. that was not the Daenerys we knew. Even though she, throughout the whole time she talked about fire and blood, there was some good in her, and we just didn't get to see that side of her. That stinks. Man. Like, I wonder if that even crossed their uh, – you know, I know George R. or Martin gave them the script to go off of, or at least, like, the, the general premise of what, how he wants to end his story. And he's basically said as much that, like, that's how his thing is going to end. That's yeah. how the books are going to end. Uh, along those lines, he said that individual characters, like side characters, things will be much different for right. some of them. But he said in terms of the main characters, like, eh, it's kind of is what it is. We'll see if he changes his mind. And God knows we have no idea how much of the books he's even he, written up to this point. I could see him, though doing this scenario that we just laid out because the last book's titled A Hope for Spring. Yeah. So, like, maybe that spring is a spring without Targaryens around like we, we've been left with in this show. Or maybe the hope is that Daenerys is actually not bad. Yeah. Man. But, but I wonder for, like, what, D, D, and B, if uh, W or whatever, I wonder if they even, like, if that crossed their mind. Like, wait, mm. let's just have... <laughs> This is not or it. they like do that meeting, and when Jamie tells them that, like, I guess time would have been of the essence there, but Jamie tells them that, like, she's not coming. She lied to you all, uh-huh. and she just takes both the dragons and just... and just destroys the city. Comes back and doesn't even tell them. Man, they're they're wow, I'm having fun with that. Yeah. Uh, well, Nick, you've given me a lot to think about well, throughout the rest of my working day and then probably when I am sleeping tonight. And I hope we've given our listeners a lot to think about. And, I, and I'm glad that you all followed along with us on this journey throughout Westeros. It's been so much fun. It really has. And I, as much as we've given the show writers shit. They, I haven't. They, too much. But just, they, just when it's deserved. But they've given us oh, a spectacular story, one that I've been happy to to share with everybody and to share with you all and share with other listeners. And man, it's going to be weird without it. Well, it will be. And, uh, but that's, that's life. Things come and they go. And we had a blast doing this. We had more fun than y'all will ever know talking game of Thrones. Um, and it's been a long, we've been doing this podcast for a few years now, so it's been a long journey, but as Nick spoiled early on, we're not done. Nope. Well, we're done. done for a long time. Yes, for at least probably a year. at least a year. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer. But make yeah. sure the podcast stuff doesn't get too dusty. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll try my best. Um, in the meantime, uh, Game of Thrones trivia—it's happening again, folks. Yeah, this uh, yeah, this I, isn't right. I know. I'm I'm sorry, but the and the I, night I, I was given—I'm thinking there's a little bit of a conspiracy. You could have fought harder for me. You know, maybe I can. Maybe I'll talk to Monique and get it changed. But as of now, Tuesday, we are planning. Thursday. We are planning for Wednesday. June the uh, what, what is that? you June, remember how June much 5th. of a cluster bleep it was with the scoring stuff. If it wasn't for me there, I'll see if I can get it changed to Thursday. But we're planning on having Game of Thrones trivia. The week, it's it's Matt's first week of vacation, so he doesn't he, we're, he wants to have trivia go in with a bang. So we're going to do Game of Thrones trivia next week. I will talk to Monique and see if we can't change it though. Just, do, just do Thursday. Just well, one night back. Thursday's dollar beers though. We should do well, good more beer for no, the dollar beers at Churchill. Oh, oh, you're no. There are there's <laughs> there, there's Churchill all summer. I'll, no, there's only like three more. No, the, the meat is not much longer. And then they'll have night racing. Yeah, no, but it's over July fourth. Yeah. Okay. So you still have a whole month. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, listen. <laughs> I would love to be there. I hope that it can work out. I had so much fun the last time. Um, and it was fun seeing everybody. So even if I'm not there and it is Wednesday, write that in pencil though. You don't want to put that down in pencil yet. <laughs> write it in pencil on your calendars, but, uh, go if, if whenever it is next week, the Wednesday should be probably Thursday. Could even do Tuesday. Um, re- whenever it is at KS bar go, because if you missed the last one, you missed out on a good it was time. Fun. Yeah. Was and we'll be able to fun. ask about season eight. Um, and you know what, even though the, sh- the new episodes are gone, HBO now ain't going nowhere. You can go back, rewatch the hits, relive the classics. It's the the biggest show that ever was, and it's here to stay, folks. And you know what? When it eventually comes back on TV, 
Would, are we still going to be called? Yeah, we're going to be called Kentucky Thrones Radio, obviously. But will, will, will there even be a throne? We no, don't know. No throne because Aegon Targaryen hasn't made it yet. We'll probably do a preview episode before, so it's not like the next time you hear us on this podcast, it's going to be us reviewing an episode. That's going to be fun, whenever that is. 2020, yeah. 2021, whenever it may kids be. kids running around. Uh, yeah. you're, whoa, breaking news from you? I'm just saying, like, that's years from now. Wow, congrats. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, Ch- no, Children in the Forest is what I meant. Uh, I yeah, 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 yeah. That's there will be children in the forest. There will be children in the forest. Yeah, well, that will be fun whenever that day comes. So this isn't a goodbye. It's a see you later, It's folks. a see you later. And if you want to see us even sooner, we've got a radio show. 8 to 10, Monday through Friday, Big Exports Radio. We tweet about it all the time. Kentucky Roll Call. It's good stuff. Yeah. Until then, that's all, folks. Goodbye. <laughs>